With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. We got you back. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, live downtown Las Vegas. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. We're going to go to North Carolina and bring in our buddy, Will Brinson. This has somehow turned into a David Tepper show. And I don't, again, it's insane. And Will, who's based in Raleigh, he wrote, he went scorched earth over at CBS Sports. I encourage you all to read the article at CBS. Again, Reich fired by the Panthers, but Carolina's owner, David Tepper, remains the bigger issue. So we're going to get to that and also some plays uh, as the NFL continues. But let's start here and then we'll jump into the drama. You have a choice on Justin Fields. You're the Bears front office. What are you going to do? Again, you got to pay him. If you draft one of the rookie quarterbacks, they're coming in on a rookie deal that's advantageous. But I want to know what you would do. Well, I think it depends a lot on where your picks end up being. You know, obviously the win over the Vikings moves the Bears. I think they have the fourth pick. Uh, and, and of course, the first pick coming from from the Panthers. So, if you let's say you have the if you have the first pick and the fourth pick, if the draft ended where it does today, um, and we actually just talked about this on my podcast with Pete Prisco, Pick Six Podcast. You can check it out, subscribe where you get your podcast. But uh, I think there's a chance you could pull off a trade down with like New England. It depends on whether Belichick's there too. Like if you can if you can pull that off, right? Uh, there's a, there's a lot in, in flux here, or, or maybe even Washington. And you could pick up a bunch of extra draft capital while keeping Justin Fields, adding maybe an offensive lineman and picking up Marvin Harrison Jr. I think that would probably be the ideal situation in terms of building the best roster you could possibly get. I think the issue is, guys, I'm not I'm not sold on Justin Fields. I think he's you can see some signs that he can serve that he can thrive in the pocket. You probably have to you know, Luke Getzey in this offensive team, like the the offensive coordinator and, and everybody the coaching staff, it's like, they don't bother accentuating what Justin Fields does well until they're like one in five. They're like, Oh, maybe we should let fields run. Maybe we should design some runs for Justin Fields. Like that should be built into the game plan every single week. And I would hire a, I would hire a coach who wants to do that. If you keep fields, I think the other problem is Caleb Williams and Drake may, I mean, they're not guaranteed to be great quarterbacks in the NFL. Caleb Williams. I know is like supposed to be this unbelievable prospect. He's been He's had his ups and downs this year. And that always happens when you have a, the Heisman hype that he got from last season. Drake may hadn't beaten a good defense in, in his career at, at Carolina. And I, I say that enthusiastically because my NC state Wolfpack smoked Carolina on a, <laughs> on Saturday in, in Raleigh. But um, I think right now I'd be leaning towards fields, but I didn't think I would say that because I didn't love, I didn't love fields coming out. I, I just, I'm hesitant to dive right back in when you could possibly put enough around fields where you had Marvin, Marvin Harrison, Jr. Marvin Harrison, Jr. And then with DJ Moore, and you feel like you got something you can really cook with at the, you know, if, if fields develops at all. I like that point you made there, but overall, just from you, what you've broken it down very well, but what is your gut feeling the bears do? Because the one thing Patrick pointed out is you've got a new regime there. And I think Ryan Poles ends up taking his own guy. He didn't draft Justin Fields and it resets the clock on the contract. We talked about it earlier on the rookie deal. Is that what they probably end up doing? Whether it's the right move or not, we'll see, but it's just, it seems like the move that teams make. 
Yeah, and you know the reset the clock thing. The other the other thing it does is when you take over as a GM, you you have two clocks that start in your in your in your you know when you when you first take over, you have the quarterback clock and you have the coaching clock. And now you can hit the reset button on the coaching clock usually once and get a second chance at a coach. You can't do it with the quarterback, right? You get one shot at the quarterback. So I think it's really interesting here. If you're Ryan Poles and you think that you can't win with Justin Fields and you feel like there's a chance Matt Eberflus gets fired after this year, which there still very much is, um, you could hit the reset button on the coach situation, bring in an offensive guy, and also hit the reset button on the on the quarterback situation at the same time, and that can potentially extend the livelihood that you get because you're pairing that coach and that quarterback. So I would say yes. I think it's more likely that they take another quarterback because of the salary reset and the uh, and the timeline reset for Ryan Poles. It extends his livelihood as GM because he's finally got you know his own guy. Our buddy Will Brinson, you heard it, the Pick 6 podcast, CBS Sports. Go check out the article about Frank Reich being fired. So let's just start at a very basic place. Do you believe Frank Reich was the right head coach for the Carolina Panthers moving forward? Uh, moving forward, no, I don't think so. I definitely did before the season. I thought Frank Reich was a great hire. I'm a big Frank Reich guy. You know, he won a Super Bowl with the Eagles as the coordinator, of course. I thought he got a raw deal in Indianapolis. I mean, he had... You know, Andrew Luck retires. He makes it work with like Jacoby Brissett. Maybe it's because he's only had NC State quarterbacks. I may be a little biased there. Um, <laughs> they had Philip Rivers, of course. The Carson. The thing that did him in an Indy was that he 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 really hammered the table. And said we got to trade for Carson Wentz. Wentz cost them a shot at the playoffs in that Week 18 game. Ursay hated him for it and, and held grudge against uh, Frank Wright. I, I think hearing what we've heard the last couple of days, reading between the lines, you know, listening to people around the league. And sort of, you know, look at like what's happened with the way that they've handled this coaching staff post right, right? Frank Wright gets fired and they promote the special teams coordinator to head coach. They keep Thomas Brown as the offensive coordinator. Jim Caldwell becomes a special assistant to the offensive coordinator. What the hell is that? I've never <laughs> even heard of that. You ever heard of somebody? It's like the offensive coordinator now has like a, a babysitter. Like, like, you, like you just gave him like a, like Jim Caldwell's like a, a babysitter. Like what is, what's the thing? He's a special assistant to the offensive coordinator. That's insulting. And then the new coach fires Deuce Staley and Josh McCown, Josh McCown's first stint as in the NFL as a coach. And you saw his agent, Mike McCartney uh, tweet out. He's like, <laughs> weird day in the business for sure. That's all I'll say. I think what happened was, and Joe person of the athletics done a good job talking about this. It's sort of floating off the radar. Right, right comes in, and they also add Thomas Brown. Thomas Brown bring apparently they were they were tr attempting to meld Reich's offense with a bunch of stuff from Thomas Brown's time with the Rams and Sean McVay, and that's really hard to do if you have like a veteran quarterback who with a good offensive line and, and weapons who he's familiar with timing wise and who have explosion down the field. Well, the Panthers have a terrible offensive line. You know, they're probably, they're probably, there's a lot more of this zone blocking stuff they're trying to do. And they have this mauling, like downhill running team that they need to utilize more. They have zero vertical explosion whatsoever. Adam Thielen's their best wide receiver. He's a good three, a really good three. He is not a number one. The, the, you heard the Titans talk about it. Uh, Mike Vrabel said 30% of his targets were on third down because they just lock Bryce Young locks in on him. So they just took him away and the Panthers can't convert anything. And then, you know, you have this rookie quarterback who's behind a bad offensive line with no weapons, trying to learn this melded system that even the coaching staff isn't really on board with. And I think some factions may have developed in the, in that coaching staff, this all-star staff with 200 years where everybody's a little proud and maybe you know, everybody's been around for a while. And you see when Wright gets fired, the loyalists, and this happened last year with Matt Rule. Uh, Steve Wilkes fired uh, Phil Snow and a bunch of other dudes because they were Matt Rule guys. You know, they, the Wright loyalists got fired and you sort of wonder what, and right now is saying that he he's probably done in the NFL. Like so, he may have been checked out for a month for all we know. And I don't know. It's it's a total disaster down there. I definitely think he wasn't the right guy moving forward. But I don't think it's because he didn't love it. I think it's because he just knew he was getting fired a month ago because David Tepper put an ultimatum on his job. I'm sorry, Mal. Let me just say this, Wait, Will Brinson. This is all alleged. So don't worry. It's not on the record. What? dirt are you hearing potentially within that staff? Um, well, Prisco, uh, Prisco said, I, I can quote Prisco and then get away with anything I want. Right. So there you go. Um, 
Pete Pete said that somebody told him, he said this on the podcast, uh, but he said somebody told him that it was like like the staff is like a bunch of gym teachers. Which got it. It's like you're like, what? And then you're like, oh, you mean like old like crusty dudes in like short shorts blowing whistles and sort of <laughs> kind of check phoning it in and like yelling like hey, what are you doing smith by the rope um i so yeah i mean i think i think that that's sort of like the comments from frank reich are stunning to me because this is a guy who and i think a lot of times coaches it would behoove them when they get fired from a job even though he took a half season off take a year off and recharge Mike McCarthy, you know, we made fun of him. Everybody made fun of him for the analytics. Like, I, I went PFF for a day, and now I'm a smart analytics guy. Like, we like we all made fun of him for it, but he got a year off. He recharges batteries. You can see he came back better. Like, Rex Ryan jumped straight from AFC East to AFC East, and it didn't last long. And I think Frank Wright probably burned out to the point where he may not want to coach again. Pretty crazy. Well, when you look at see, uh, Bryce Young, what was your thoughts about him coming into the draft? The general is uh, – consensus and then based on 10 11 weeks so far he's still a rookie but if people kind of downgrade him a little bit or just the fact that you pointed out earlier i mean he doesn't really have you got chark you've got mingo adam Thielen. you mentioned a number three at 33 years old he doesn't have a ton around him he's got nothing around him i yeah. mean they, like every every week their longest play is like 11 yards um he, he can't be they can't protect long enough and my boy icky aquanu i mean yeah look i, I love him but Hadn't, hadn't been great in pass protection. Um, they can't protect him long enough for him to throw downfield. If guys could even get open downfield, it was supposed to be sort of this point guard, quick hitting distribution style system. It just hadn't been that. I think if you flip Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, it'd be closer to even than it is right now in terms of the record and the numbers. I don't think CJ Stroud would be minus 10,000 to win offensive of the year. And I don't think the bust word would be coming out for uh, Bryce, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think, yeah. I think, I think people would be mm -hmm. questioning CJ Stroud because it's hard to win with what Carolina has. And I think people would be like, all right, Bryce Young kind of, yeah, I think he might have it, but he, he definitely looks lost. I mean, he looks, he looks completely in over his head right now. And CJ, and by the way, the CJ, I, I, I like Bryce coming in. So I had him as a number one quarterback, CJ Stroud being awesome. And the Panthers likely giving up the number one pick next year. Definitely, definitely had a factor, played a factor in David Tepper's growing impatience and unwillingness to to like let Frank Reich try to you know fix this thing. Okay. Will Brinson, pick six podcast if you want to hear more of the dirt with he and his boy Pete Prisco. I'm gonna go listen after the show. Um, when we return, I promise we'll get to some betting, but I gotta ask you about Tepper, why you absolutely massacred him, and who could he potentially get to coach this team now with bad PR? We're coming back with Brinson next. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiments and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> 
can't catch me. I'm going to catch you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Sharp Money, as we welcome you back, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, Will Brinson, CBS Sports, the Pick Six podcast. He just told us he's the most famous person from Raleigh, North Carolina during the break, which was an odd flex. Total wine, spirits, beer. <laughs> Your mic's off. I'll let you talk in a second. Total wine, spirits, beer, and more. Lowest prices, even in Raleigh, for over 30 years. Find what you love and love what you find. Please drink responsibly. You must be 21 years or older. If you go to a Total Wine in Raleigh, maybe you can find Will Brinson. He'll give you an autograph. Is that true, Will? Uh, I won't give anyone an autograph, but I, I love Total Wine. That's my wine shop. Um, big cab guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course you way, are. Carson Wentz, born in Raleigh. He moved. Like oh, that counts. But he was born. That counts. Josh Hamilton, Josh Hamilton, former MVP. That counts for yeah. sure. You got anybody with sustain, You got anybody besides Will Brinson with sustained success? Pete Pistol Pete Maravich. Oh, no, come on. That's a great one. That's a yeah. tremendous. And I think you That's even gave us somebody from American Idol during the break. Yeah, my boy Scotty McCreary. Yeah, great guy. Andrew Johnson, okay. former president. He had a little. I don't know if it's just. Sustained success. He wasn't, didn't live very long. <laughs> no, no, no. Andrew Johnson um, was a bottom three co- president and very racist. Yes. But you can yes. claim him yes. if you'd like. Well, I mean, he was in the South in the 1800s. I mean, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised. That he's, a little, little bit of a different atmosphere back then. I totally understand. I, I, uh, I just learned this one. Uh, Dexter. Uh, uh, Michael C. Hall from Born and Raleigh, oh. apparently. Very impressive. Okay, the more you know. Now, Tepper, Carolina. First off, what what are the what does Carolina mean to the Carolinas? North Carolina in particular, and Car- like, is it what you see? You've covered the NFL forever. Is the fervor like it is elsewhere? What is Tepper dealing with with a fan base? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. So the Carolina Panthers are in Charlotte, and the Carolina Hurricanes are here in Raleigh, right? Like it's like two hours away or whatever. I mean, it's not far. Right. You get to a Panthers game quickly if. CBS doesn't, they're not like, go cover the Panthers. That's what you should do. Um, they've never wanted me to go cover the Panthers except for that 2015 season. Um, but typically speaking, like Raleigh and Charlotte hate each other. So Charlotte doesn't like the hockey team and Raleigh is like kind of eh, on the, on the football team, but it's mostly Carol. The, the whole Carolina thing was designed to rope in South Carolina as well. Yep. So you get the whole state of North Carolina and South Carolina. Charlotte's right there on the border, of course. And people are, dude, people are pissed. People are tired of David Tepper. Um, I saw the article I wrote get posted on Carolina Huddle, uh, like the Panthers message board. Uh, I've seen plenty of other people write about the problems with David Tepper. There's a whole practice facility thing in Rock Hill, the giant megaplex practice facility that was supposed to be built. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Tepper, you know, he, he didn't do anything illegal, of course, but, you know, you, you pull the money from a, from a, uh, you know, a, a smaller local municipality or city and it's going to make some people mad and um the product's been terrible they are i think they're the third worst out of all the big the big four sports they have like the third worst record over the last since tepper took over of any team in all those sports which is just the jets only the jets are worse i think in the nfl what do, what do you we had a kind of interesting conversation what do you make of his disposition and personality and just leadership in an ownership group because it feels like a guy who's going to be similar to Jerry Jones and sending plays to the offensive coordinator, which we've heard about. 
So I, 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 what I said in my article and I wrote, and I think this is the, the easiest comparison, is the Panthers are the new Browns. When Jimmy Haslam took over the, the when Jimmy Haslam took over the Browns, I remember I remember watching his press conference and writing about it for CBS way back in the day, like ten years ago, whatever. He's like, "Man, I'm fired up to the max!" Like that was his big catch. He's like, "I'm fired up to the max to bring great football to Cleveland." Everybody's like, "Wow, this enthusiastic, bombastic billionaire is coming to town, and he's a former Steelers minority owner, so he's got great experience in being hands off and letting the football guys do football things, and he's just going to recreate the Steelers here." And they had three coaches since 1969, um, and, and then Jimmy has them. That's a homeless guy. Convince him to draft Johnny Manziel in the first round, right? And David Tepper's like the same way. He comes in, he's like, "Oh yeah, like man, believe me, I'm a genius. I was with the Steelers. I think I know football, right?" In fact, if you go back and read the uh, the quotes from when he hired uh, when he hired Matt Rule, it's it's actually kind of funny. I can't say the S word on here. I assume, right? That's Correct. No, we we prefer okay. you not. But it's yeah, you know, it's fine. I mean, he said it in his press conference. I was going to quote him, but I'll use bleep instead. But he said. I think Matt Rule could come in here and build an organization for the next 30 or 40 years. He referenced Chuck Knoll and said he built a program that's lasted through three coaches. That's what I hope Matt Rule can do for us here. He didn't make it three years, by the way. And then at the end of this article, and this is sort of the tell-all, especially if that famous coach's, uh, coach's photo from the, the owners' meetings out in Arizona, Tepper's, he's like, he dresses like bleep and sweats all over himself. Talk about Matt Rule. He dresses like me, so I have to love the guy. I was a short order cook. He was a short order cook. Nobody gave him anything. Nobody gave me anything. He had to ha- work hard for everything he got. Like, how can you go from he reminds me of Chuck Knoll to he dresses like bleep and he sweats all over himself? <laughs> it's, a, like, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird transition. It's a, yeah, and, I, and I think Tepper, I think David Tepper is convinced that he can simply, like, he. The problem is, hey, look, it's his prerogative. He can do whatever the hell he wants. He owns a team. If he wants to tell him who to draft, I mean, you look at the moves that, that they've made. Very clear. He's made it clear. He wants a quarterback so bad. They tried to trade for Matthew Stafford. Didn't, Stafford didn't want to do it. They tried to trade for Russell Wilson. He didn't want to do it. They definitely made overtures to Aaron Rodgers. No interest. Um, you have coaches, you know, Ben Johnson pulls out because he's like, ah, I'm seeing what's going on in Carolina. There are coaches who didn't want to go there last year when Frank Wright got hired. Um, they try to trade for they trade for Sam Darnold, automatically give him give him the fifth year option right away for no no reason whatsoever. He didn't have to do it without seeing him play one snap. If he played great, awesome. That's a win. You just franchise tag him. Darnold doesn't work out. And by the way, they signed Teddy Bridgewater the year before. Darnold doesn't work out, so they go trade for Baker Mayfield. Not a high price, but then in the draft they go and trade up to get Matt Corral because there's a tiny run on a crappy group of quarterbacks. And you get they give up a third round pick to go get Matt Corral with a third round pick. He doesn't play a snap for him. And then a year later, after the team stinks again, he panics and trades up for Bryce Young. And it's like Scott Fitter, the GM, is comes from the John Snyder school of front of of personnel. He is not a guy who likes to be aggressive and trade up. He likes to trade back and accumulate draft picks. So the only possible thing to discern from all this is that someone else is pulling the strings. And when David Tepper tells us in this press conference today that he, he's like, I don't, I don't make any decisions. I just have full veto on every decision that's made. So that's not any, that's not any better. Nobody wants to bring you the crazy boss guy who fires everyone a thing you don't like and have you veto <laughs> it. You're just going to fire them. So it's like, of course, everyone's trying to like line it up. Like, what does the boss man want? Somebody's telling these people Tepper and whoever else in his party, maybe his wife, whoever else is that they like Bryce Young. They want Bryce Young. So it's like, all right, we got to get behind Bryce Young. Cause if you're in the meeting, you raise your hand. You're like, I want CJ. Right. You might get fired. That's a that's well put. Okay, Dustin, that's a win for you. Dustin Sweetelson, our producer, he agrees with you. All right, two and a half minutes. Uh, I just want to know what you think because you wrote about this in your column uh, yesterday over at CBS Sports. What do you ultimately think happens with Bill Belichick? Oh, that's a good one. I like that idea. I think that he, well, you you almost tie it together. David Tepper, sick of losing, wants a big swing this offseason. He only knows big swings. He doesn't know little swings. He tried to get Sean Payton, no, no dice. So he's like, all right, just settle for Frank Wright. He's not going to have dudes who are interested in this, but I think that Bill Belichick, you got Bryce Young, who's a Nick Saban quarterback. So Belichick will have the info on him. You got defensive pieces. You got a really bad NFC South that with just a decent amount of coaching 
could, you know, in some couple of moves, get some players in there. You could make a run. Why not give up a pick and go get Bill Belichick, give him full run of the building in Charlotte and tell him to just go do whatever he has to do to win. And Belichick gets to extract himself from new England where things are struggling and clearly there's power struggles. Um, but I think the long, the, the short answer is Bill Belichick coaches somewhere else next year. Uh, it's there's just too much at conflict right now inside that building. Mac Jones isn't working out. The Patriots are going to have a high pick. Belichick is going to probably lose personnel control no matter what. And when they tell him to do that, I think he's going to say, let's figure out a way to get me out of here. And then he either ends up going to the chargers or the Panthers, maybe Washington, um, Chargers have Mahomes and Andy Reid there, so that's kind of dangerous. Panthers, that division, if you like Bryce Young, that division is wide open. Beautiful. Will Brinson, well done. That was entertaining. Very good stuff. Pick (laughs) 6 podcast, CBS Sports. I encourage, just to kind of get deeper into it, I encourage right now over at CBS Sports, I encourage the Tepper article that Will wrote. It's a very good article. Will, thank you very much, and happy holidays, man. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, you guys got it. Happy holidays. Take Thanks. care. Okay. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> I like that, that guy. Great. He is tremendous. Um, he mentioned Belichick elsewhere. That's what it seems to be the pervading. Like, it doesn't seem like he's done, though, Omal. It does no. appear that he wants to continue. So it looks like he's going to be coaching, but elsewhere next year. Yeah, I think it'd be better off if he started to exit streets instead of in Southie somewhere else in the morning. Yep. The... Uh, the, the weird doorbell video yeah. that's floating around is one of the oddest things I've ever seen in my life. Tim Jenkins, our quarterback guru, is coming up. What does he think about Justin Fields next? This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Black Friday extended $60 access until May 1st. You get the picks, of course, unlimited access, top VSIN experts, leaderboard, unlimited access to the betting splits as well. I got the hiccup, so this is going to be a fascinating 10 minutes here. VSIN.com slash subscribe. I'm just, I'm playing hurt, people. We welcome you back. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. 20 years of broadcast, never had the hiccups. Let's see if we can get it done. We're going to bring in our buddy, Tim Jenkins, who is our quarterback guru, quarterback trainer, all things QB on YouTube. In my estimation, nobody's better breaking down the position at T Jenkins elite on Twitter. And we say hi to Tim. We'll start here and ask you the question that I think is going to be fascinating. Come the draft, the Chicago bears. What do they do? Like, What do you see from fields? Obviously rookies potentially at number one with the Carolina pick, Tim, what would you do with Justin Fields? Man, thanks for the layup. Thanks for the, like after Thanksgiving layup, you guys are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think the Fields thing is a really great question to me. I think you move on and here's why I I don't necessarily think it's because of Fields play. Like there's glimpses of his game that I think paired with the right coordinator, you can, make him effective with weapons around him. Like, I do think he could become a quality quarterback in the NFL. What I'll tell you is the reason I say you move on is because you need to restart that clock of we're going to win on a rookie contract because you're going to eventually, if you pass on him this, you're never going to have another high draft pick. Like, he'll develop enough to where you're not going to be picking high, right? You're also not going to have the Carolina trade. So you're not going to have this opportunity again, and you're also then going to be faced with, more or less the Dak Prescott decision, which I don't mean as an insult in Dak because I think he's playing really well this year and the Cowboys are poised to make a run. But you're faced with that decision of, have we seen enough to pay this guy elite level money? Because that's your only choice. You can't, like, there are no quarterbacks taking team-friendly deals that are average to above average. Like, we're just overpaying them. And then at that point, you see what it does to your roster. It depletes it. So I think you move on, and, uh, and to me it's just, I think there's, a, a, there's more ways to be successful if you find a rookie contract than there are to try to overcome overpaying and, you know, above average starting quarterback in the NFL. Tim, when you look at Fields, what do you point to that's kind of held him back a little bit? Is it the OC? Is it the players around him lack thereof with the offensive line? I know he gets the longest time from snap to throw, but I think a lot of that's based on his mobility and ability to keep plays alive. It just doesn't seem like outside of Moore and Cole Komet, they've got the emergence of somebody else, and then they don't have a consistent running game. 
Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think obviously everything in the NFL is a combination of factors. If I was going to pin it on anything, I think it's what they're calling into his helmet, right? I just, I think I've watched enough Chicago's Bears tape to make like anyone miserable. And it's just, yeah, it's just not, it's not creative. For, for the kind of guy they have under center, you would think you're almost unlimited from a creativity perspective, right? Because, wow, we can orbit motion guys. We can give them option looks, pull out of there, get safeties in a single high, and then take deep shots. You know, they have Mooney who can run by just about anybody, but how many times did you see him drive the ball down the field to him last night? None, right? So to me, it's like, I want to say a majority of it's what's getting called into his helmet. Then there's plenty of blame to be placed on Justin. Like everybody's crucifying him right now at Chicago. They're saying, you know, how do you run 20 screens? Well, 11 of them were run adjusts, right? Meaning, hey, we have a run play called, but if you like the look outside, throw it out there. So 11 of them, we like the look, threw it out there and got two yards. So to me, it's like, there's a combination of factors. Justin deserves some of the blame. The OC probably deserves more of the blame. And then you, you kind of fall the rest on the supporting cast. I just think it, it hasn't been a good marriage up there in terms of trying to be creative and trying to help him be successful. And then I just think you're running – they're just running up against it where it's they're going to have to decide if they're going to pay him or not. And I just don't think they know enough yet. And if you don't know enough yet, it's really hard then to pass up guys like Caleb Williams or, you know, the kid from UNC or some of these other kids that are, that are rising right now in the draft. Tim Jenkins, our quarterback analyst, all things QB, does a great job. Make sure you check out the page on YouTube, T Jenkins Elite on Twitter. Okay, so Jordan Love, I have no clue. But here's what we do know. We can all agree the dude the country saw on Thanksgiving is definitely one of the best 32 on the planet. And maybe one of the best 15, like he looked awesome on Thanksgiving against the Lions from the start, but that's not the big picture. What is the big picture on Jordan Love? Yeah, Jordan Love just consistently seems like the, uh, you know, prom queen who didn't really like it, right? Like every once in a while, she like throws something at you, makes you think you got a shot. Like he'll make three plays a game where you just go like, this guy's going to be one of the best guys on planet Earth. And then all of a sudden we feel like you see him drill a guy in the chest or something. And we're kind of right back to where we started. So to me, it's like, I don't know. I, I'm excited about his last two games. Like you guys were talking about, I'm excited about what he did on Thanksgiving. I do think he's had plenty of early season struggles that you could point to. If you're like, if you wanted to make the case against him, there's plenty of footage to back that up. I mm-hmm. think he's one of those guys that, if, if what you're just saying is like, hey, basically this is rookie year, right? Then you give him a lot of credit because he's doing really well. Uh, I just think, I'm going to be honest, I think there's a lot of quarterbacks, right? Now. He, to me, is in a similar situation where how many years do they have left before they have to decide if they want to pay him, right? I just think it's like it's another tough situation. Jordan, I think, is playing well enough to deserve it and to keep, hey, you, you know, you, you build around him and see what he can do. And I think he's probably only going to get better with reps in that system. But he is one of those guys, too, that no matter how great these last two games were, like it's tough to look at the beginning of the year and there were some mistakes that not necessarily aren't getting cleaned up, whereas it's more like avoidance from the coaching staff, right? It's not like, hey, you know, we turned the ball over on, you know, seam comeback. And, oh, now he read it better. It's like, hey, we just stopped running team comeback, which I don't know if that's like a long-term fix by just, you know, throwing things out of the playbook. Tim, I want to ask you about the Broncos. Russell Wilson, 20 touchdowns, four INTs. They're on a five-game winning streak. Credit to Peyton, credit to Wilson. It's been sacked a ton. Is that on the offensive line? Is that on Russell Wilson? But what has really helped propel him this year compared to last year? Yeah, man, it, the Broncos are, they're a throwback. I was watching them this morning where they run the heck out of the football and they throw it situationally and Russ has been effective enough. And I think those sacks are almost by design, right? I, I, and, I, and I mean that like jokingly in a way of like, obviously you never want to take a sack, but it's like, I think this team is built to be successful as long as we don't turn it over. Right. I, I think that's kind of what they've decided is like, Hey Russ, if you got to take a sack or you're trying to extend a play and you take a sack, so be it. What we just don't want to do is give our defense a short field. Cause we saw what happened early in the season 
when we did play kind of more high-octane offense and turned it over at times, you know, all of a sudden Miami dropped 70, right? Whereas now they're playing more complimentary football. Hey, let's run the ball. We'll play good defense. Let's be efficient from the quarterback spot. And Russ is doing just that. And then Russ also makes enough big moment plays. You know, he had a scramble where he finds the tight end. He makes enough of those big time, like, hey, it's a big moment. Go make something happen. He's making those now. And that's why they're on a run. I think they're an interesting team to look at because they're still on the outside looking into the playoffs, but they have the formula, right? You shrink the game when you play good defense and run the ball. And if you limit possessions when you go against some of these high-powered teams, you know, it's why they beat the Bills. It's why they beat, you know, Mahomes and the Chiefs is because if you can shorten the game, you give those guys less opportunities, all of a sudden – you're one good drive away from, you know, hey, we're up four all of a sudden, right? And I think that's uh, it's an interesting mix going down the stretch to see if they can sneak in and then see if they have the formula to kind of bleed some of these top quarterbacks. Just one minute to go, Tim. Are you in the Justin Herbert is a tad overrated camp or he just hasn't gotten coaching yet? You, you have to be in that hasn't gotten coaching yet. The only reason I say that is because he hasn't gotten coaching yet, right? If we get him a good coach <laughs> and then he's still doing the same stuff, we're going to have to all admit that he's overrated. I think he's fascinating because when he came out of Oregon, man, I thought, yeah, I was like, this kid is awful. Uh, I mean, what they did up there with him at Oregon, I'm like, there's no way this translates to the NFL. And then he just made me look like an idiot. So I'm still kind of rooting for him. But I do think the second we get a good – OC in there, good head coach, and he continues to struggle. You more or less have to kind of admit what you're seeing at that point. But I do think we can still make the argument for uh, hasn't been coached yet. Tremendous. Tim Jenkins, you're the best. Happy holidays to you and your family. All things QB on YouTube at T Jenkins Elite. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate you. Appreciate you guys. Thanks. Okay. So it's funny about Herbert. So the donk that was there at UNLV – that got fired before Odom came in and literally hasn't lost a game. Remember, he ran the offense in Oregon for Herbert. So he didn't have coaching, right? Am I yeah, correct? Mar- Marcus Remember? Arroyo. What's his name? Marcus Arroyo. Arroyo. Yeah. Total donk. So Herbert didn't have coaching then. And for the most part, people, although Kellen Moore is a good coach. I don't know. I guess if you look at Staley, right? Um I'm curious to get your guys' take on Herbert. When we come back, we'll tab that. Also, Dustin has three-point stance, including Dan Campbell is fired up to fix the Lions? I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on Story Button, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. In DraftKings, you can bet $5 to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. New customers use the promo code SHARP, S-H-A-R-P. Go get it right now. Five bucks, 150 bucks. So no sweat, same game parlay every day at DraftKings. The crown is yours. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. I, we're going to get to three-point stance, but I have something for a, a couple of things. One, looks like Bobby Petrino is going to return to Arkansas. I wonder, he should roll into the presser. On a motorcycle. That'd be a classic. Petrino on a crotch rocket. Uh, here's another one. And this one, this should offend. This should offend you even if you're not a coach. Like if you just happen to be a teacher in Indiana or if you're an accountant in Florida, you should be offended by the failing upwards of Cliff Kingsbury. Wait, what? What's you guys the realize it's, what's, what's the rumor on him now? You want to take a stab? Head coach. He's he's Googling it, so he's going to get it before right. you. I see um, it. If you're saying privilege, it means it's not offensive coordinator, which I well, was well, well, before you answer it, you would agree that Cliff Kingsbury's not bad. He's a horrific head coach. He's not a head coach. He's a coordinator. His time at Texas Tech was an unmitigated Actually, disaster. I don't even know if he's a, was he quarterback coach at A&M under Sumlin, or was he coordinator? He might have been coordinator. He's a coordinator. That's what he is. I, I don't even know if he's a coordinator. I just know he's a terrible head coach. Of a FBS Power 5 Division 1 opening? Houston Cougars. No, nope, that's fired, a mistake. That's a mistake. Who just got rid of their uh, – why, why is it – oh, uh, Holgerson. his name slipped my mind. Dana Holgerson. Dana Holgerson. It's being reported that Kingsbury has oh, emerged as oh, the favorite oh, to oh. be the Houston Cougars' next oh. head coach. He failed in the Big 12 already. What was the price on Man City when they were down 2-0? Uh, it, it was a plus price. I didn't get a chance to see it. I'm sure it was probably they plus. They just scored. They're up 3-2 in the 87th <laughs> minute. <laughs> we told you you could bet them live. Anyway, that would be – so Houston hiring Cliff Kingsbury would be the funniest thing of all time because uh, the guy's a disaster. But you ha- – it's the same system. Him and Holgerson run the same system. And they're the same coach. There's a ceiling to what they're capable of being. Like, they're Holgerson, I guess, is a head coach, but he's probably really a coordinator. Like, most of his success was as a coordinator. And Kingsbury's not a head coach. What living room do you think Dana Holgerson is winning? Ooh. One where uh, that couch is also an outdoor couch. <laughs> what? Like, the couch in the living room also makes its way outside to hang out on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Cliff Kingsbury. And it looks like uh, the dude that came, I thought he was going to come to Colorado from, where was he, Kent State, Kent State. Sean Lewis? Oh, Sean, yeah. So he came with Dion, but everybody's bailing on Dion, and it looks like he is as well. Actually, a pretty good job. He, he's going to get the San Diego State job because uh, Hoke retired. And it, is, that, is that what they called it? Is that the well? Yeah, pushed out. <laughs> yeah, but um, he, he's going to get the San Diego State job. I, I feel like it's a pretty good job. So we shall see. I Sean Lewis, a, a young, young mind. The the move to Colorado was success. Then I think we all thought he would go to a Power Five, but uh, going from Kent State a year at Colorado to San Diego, I think you def- that that is moving on up. I'll say this: there's no way with the team this year they lost guys like Tez Johnson and other guys uh, who transferred out. There's no way he would have gone from Kent State to San Diego State this year. So that move from a head coach mm-hmm. at Kent State to OC at Colorado and then getting demoted and then winding up at San Diego State, you talk about a win. I just think it's fascinating. He got demoted. He got he got relegated. He was an offensive coordinator, and Dion stripped him of his duties, and he still got a head coaching job. Because I don't know if you guys want to agree, but it's 
pretty apparent Dion's a donk. Well, you've got three players that were committed in the class of 24 and 25 that just decommitted for them, a three-star quarterback, and I don't know, it, it, the thing fell apart pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I, I'd say I yes. can't believe I'm, I was so stupid I bought no, into it. No, because I, 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 no, no, I'm no, back he's and a forth. I'm back and forth on it. Some of it's a little too much. Some Front runner. But no, but some of it I do think in some aspects he has a lot of things figured out. Like, dude, if, if you had a kid, you would want your kid to play for Dion. You know, you know, the one thing fact. is, though, they, what, they win four games this year, five games? Something like that. Four, four games. Like three in the first three weeks? Yeah, but the thing is, this team was so bad last year. I think they lost by an average of 22 or 29 points with one win. Sure. So things did go in the right direction. I, I think it's too early to sit there and say what the situation is going to be. I think next year we'll get a better idea of where this program's headed. What? But why are you so sure that I want my precious children playing for him? He's a good Big person. Guy. I do think he has the player's best interests. I don't. I thought he was more of a selfish head coach, but every time I've watched a lot of his press conferences this year, he always has their back. He's always doing the right thing, saying the right thing. The way he handled the Colorado State thing with that kid who made that one mistake and that one penalty, and like, yeah, that was good. Like, I, I, I think he's a pretty good dude overall, and I hope it works out because it's good for college football. Okay. All right. Three-point stance. Are you ready? Let's get to it. Let's go Are ahead and hit the ready? open here. The top stories in football. We want some more. We want some more. We want some more. Every single day. I saw some. I saw. This is three-point stance. Hey, I'm just here so I don't get fired. On Sharp Money. Go play intramurals, brother. Okay, NFL News, Sharp Money, three-point stance. The big guy. We got Adam Burke coming up in just about nine minutes. What's up? What's your lead here? What's your Ricky Henderson? Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. Patrick's favorite coach of all time. Just loves his messaging. 100%. It goes Deion Sanders, Dan Campbell. Cliff Kingsbury. No. Yeah. And then it's Dan Campbell. So that's rarefied air. (laughs) That is your Mount Rushmore right there. Probably Marty Morningweg next. All right. Dan Campbell. (laughs) But but I want to clarify because somebody uh, emailed me. Marty Morningweg, I, I misspoke the other day. I want to explain what a Lions coach did at one point before the rules changes in overtime. He won the coin toss and kicked off. (laughs) You guys understand what I'm saying? It's nobody because of the wind in Chicago. He kicked off. This is before you were going to get an opportunity to have the ball. All the team needed to do was kick a field goal first to score overtime. And he kicked off ladies and gentlemen, the Detroit Lions. So Dan Campbell, the best Lions head coach of your lifetime, met with the media. Killed it on Thanksgiving. Coming off the Thanksgiving day, lost to Green Bay. And he was asked, plain and simple, Dan, what's this team's issue? At the basic level of this, it's, man, it's turnover ratio. It's turnover. And uh, we're turning the ball over too much offensively, special teams. We had one against Chicago. Um, giving up four against Chicago, three against Green Bay, and only gotten one back. That's that's the major issue right now. So we can talk about all these other things, but until we clean that up, um, the the other parts of this are, are a little bit irrelevant. And honestly, they're not the big issues. So we take care of the football. So yeah. That's part one. So then he went into about how the idea, the concept, the potential for being able to roll up his sleeves and fix this thing gets him really tickled. That'll do it. Like all these little things that come up, um, man, we're not going to just yell harder. We're going to give substance. You know, you teach them, you show them. um, And here's where you can be a little bit better. Everything from pass pro to the rush to the way we cover to the way we jam to the way we protect the football or don't protect it. I mean, we've got – there's some stuff on tape right now offensively that we're not even talking about because it wasn't a turnover that's going to cost us. The ball's loose. So it's those things we got to just keep emphasizing. But, man, I'm not getting worried. I I love this. I'm I'm serious. I I love this, and I love that, man, it's doom and gloom outside our building and – we got six to go. We got an unbelievable opportunity, and I, man, I, I love it. I really do, man. So this is, this is what we find out what we're made of. Sold, sold, done. I'm coming to Vegas for the Super Bowl. I mean, and I'm wearing my Honolulu blue and silver. I mean, I, I I'm gonna run through a wall. I can see what everybody's talking about. That was awesome. Totally agree. 
You know, look, they lost. Hey, you guys think Tomlin's pretty good? His team's plus 11 in, in turnover differential. You think Campbell's not getting saved by his OC? They're minus five. Uh, and he's going to lose that OC to Carolina because that's the new Panthers head coach because your boy or, David Tepper. Or, or the commanders, whomever. David Tepper's all, all obsessed. Obsessed with Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson? Uh, how do you know that? Uh, there was tweets about it that I read that I can confirm were from real people. Yeah, I think he went to school at Carolina, didn't he? Did he really? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Because if, if that's true, Johnson ben is Johnson. a mathematics Johnson, major yeah. from North Carolina. Is that correct? Yeah, Johnson I know for a fact. I don't know if Tepper did. No, no, no. Tepper went to Pittsburgh and Carnegie Mellon, but uh, Ben Johnson, UNC, I think. Mellon's a horrible fruit. Anytime you see Melon but wait, wait, no, salad, but it's been, uh, enough with your Melon. What is the connection with Tepper in North Carolina, though? What well, his team well, is in the state of? <laughs> oh, 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 yep. Facts. <laughs> All right, that was a good that was a good three point stance. Even though there, we all, <laughs> I completely bum rushed it. Everyone agrees, though. We only need one Carolina, need one Dakota. We still need two right. Virginias, though. And we all agree the better Carolina is South. I don't think we do. You you've never been to either. <laughs> Burke is next. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.